Welcome to Microgrid Knowledge, where we provide news and analysis about microgrid development and trends. This is Lisa Cohn with microgridknowledge.com. Our guest today is Alan Rabaka, Director of Physical Plant at Wesleyan University, and he's here to tell us about Wesleyan University's microgrid, which is the first under the state's microgrid pilot program. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com. Hi, Alan. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Lisa. Thank you. So tell me, um, can you tell me first a little bit about the microgrid pilot program? So you were the first to get um, a, a given amount of money, I assume. Yeah, you know, Lisa, the state of Connecticut started a microgrid funding and grant program, I'm going to say back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And Wesleyan, we were in a particularly good place to participate in that program because we had been discussing plans since 2011 to increase our, uh, I'd say, emergency power supply on campus and talk about how we can make our campus infrastructure harder to resist outages like we had in October 2011. Mm-hmm. So um, this introduced this program, I think it was in, in 2013 with an RFP. So it was an RFP format. You develop then your proposal with your request for state funding, and we were fortunate enough to be awarded uh, one of the first grants for the state. And I believe we were also the first project to be completed as well by, by quite a distance. Oh, so, so it is completed. Com- is it completely completed or is it being done in phases? Uh, you know, uh, is any project ever completed? Uh, our goal was twofold. So to be clear, the state in their first microgrid grant program, actually in in the second, did not pay for any of the prime movers, anything that makes the power, right, like a generator or, or whatever it might be. But what the state paid for was actual microgrid interconnection. So Wesley, we're very fortunate. We had at the time about 2 million square feet of building already on our own electrical grid. Mm-hmm. And we were then, by virtue of the state funding, adding one more building, the sizable building, our Freeman Athletic Center, which is around 300,000 square feet. So we had identified already the need to add more uh, generation capacity. So Wesleyan, we paid for the generation capacity, and the state helped pay for the interconnection of our building to our existing grid, electrical grid. So that, that to be clear, that's exactly what the state offered funding for. Oh, okay, so it paid for connection to the grid, and I assume that that's because they want that backup power from you? Is that their incentive? No, no, their incentive is is to help customers like Wesleyan, to help uh, owners like Wesleyan harden their own infrastructure. So when I say to the grid, I, I should be clear, there there is the electric utility in Connecticut, right? Uh, I think they're, you know, called Eversource now, Connecticut Lighting Power. So that, that uh, we then have an interconnection at a, a very specific point with the utility company, then we have our own campus electrical distribution infrastructure. So when I use, that's Wesleyan's grid. Uh, we have uh, two pieces of, of switchgear. We have a, a substation and switchgear. So we take feeders from the utility and then we into our own gear. And then from there we distribute to, like I said, about two, right now 2.3, 2.4 million square feet of building. Okay. And how much of that can you take, you know, can you isolate and take offline? Yeah. So that's a question I don't know if I completely understand. Uh, how would you recharacterize that? Well, see, I wasn't sure what you were saying, so I was answering it 
<laughs> I was asking it a different way. Um, so you wanted to harden your in infrastructure and be able to resist um, power outages. So how much of your campus um, with the microgrid will you be able to, um, you know, separate from the grid and, and operate independently? Oh, I see. Excellent question. So, you know, as you know, uh, as with most people, re re our typical mode of operation is mains parallel. In other words, we will never be an exporter of power, and we will always import just a little bit so we don't become an exporter. So our control systems keep us at about a 50 kW import, and uh, we make the rest. Now, our capacity to generate is um, uh, about 3.1 megawatts or 3,100 kW. So we, um, that's about 95 to 99% of our power, right, is about 3,100 kW. There are some peaks in late August or September where we might get into the mid threes, like 33, 34, 3,500 kW, in which port we'll, ex we'll import a little more. So let's say we use the, the, the utility goes down and we lose our connection with the utility. We believe that we can run all of our campus without cooling. So no cooling, but the balance of our campus. So we could have a pretty normal campus day without cooling using our own generation and our own microgrid uh, separated from the utility. So you can run all of your campus without cooling um, yes. separate from the utility. So if you really needed to, you could, you could be fine without it. You'd just be warm. Yeah, exactly correct. That's right. Uh, um, unless there's any critical cooling. Is there any critical cooling that you need? There are some critical areas of cooling, but those would already have power because they're, they're DX. Really what I say is our central power plant has, uh, we have uh, 3,000 tons of cooling in three machines, three electric centrifugal machines. We could not run those machines. We could run those machines by themselves, but we couldn't run the balance of campus with those machines on. Um, so that, that really is not too much of a hardship for us because what we're really trying to protect against are those winter storms. Right. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your 2011 experience? You know, you remember the 2011, I think it was Charlotte, right? Um, uh, in 2011, we had that uh, bizarre storm that came up the coast and took a hard western track. And Wesleyan got hit pretty hard. Uh, for the first time in anybody's memory, we actually lost utility power for, for some time. It ended up being uh, on the order of 77, 78 hours. So we already had, you know, we, we've had an electrical distribution system on campus since 1960. And in 2008, we put in a 2.5 meg generator, uh, a cogen, CHP machine. So we were able to start in about 25 hours that machine and power uh, a good proportion of campus. We had some uh, some issues with our infrastructure when we started that machine. We had some old gear that uh, didn't want to run, and we had some some issues with that. But we were able to power critical loads on campus with our our machine. So immediately following the 2011 storm, we decided that uh, we needed a more uh, robust electrical uh, system on campus, which included hardened infrastructure and additional generation assets. So we undertook a study in, in uh, literally beginning in, in November, December 2011, following the October storm, where we studied all sorts of, of power options. Uh, I would say the easiest was just some big, giant diesel emergency generators, and the most sophisticated might have been a fuel cell at the time. And uh, that study yielded uh, uh, the result, which was another, another uh, gas recip uh, uh, machine. 
So we furthered that actually, and we have some more generation assets that we think might come online in uh, in the next year or so, which is a little bit of PV. Um, but we focused on emergency power back then, and uh, and that's 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 what drove us to our second machine, and also uh, uh, to connecting the Freeman Athletic Center to the the microgrid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in terms of renewable energy. Um, you've got the fuel cell, and you're going to add PV. No, we don't have a fuel cell. No, we we have two recips. Now, what, what, when you say that, what do you mean? I don't know what that means. Recips. Uh, we're, you know, we're, uh, gas engines, gas reciprocating engines. You know, natural gas, huh? um, internal combustion engines, like you know your car to be. Uh, we have two of those, but they're combined heat power projects. In other words, we use the the heat off the back end to make steam and to make hot water for heating and domestic hot water things like that. Right. So they're conventional engines. Yeah. So, oh, so it's all conventional. You don't have any. Um, you may bring some PV, PV on. We we do have we have like 200 kW of PV right now, mm-hmm. and we are in the process of developing another 750 kW. Uh, PV doesn't work so great as backup power, right? Um, so, in the event of a campus-wide power loss, we would we have till this date um, run without the PV. And we would look hard at whether or not we would uh, bring PV into the backup power mix in the future. Mm-hmm. So um, I find it interesting that while you're in the midst of doing something that's really, you know, you're getting this money from the state and um, doing something that's pretty efficient, <laughs> that your students are calling for um, the university to um, divest of fossil fuels. Um, I'm wondering if, if you've been part of that in any way. You know, a lot in 2012 when we were looking at what were our next power options were, we looked very hard at um, at what the best option was to move forward. And, you know, these options here, the, the, the machines that we've installed, they're not, uh, you know, they're not 100-year they're not projects. Um, the first machine paid itself back in three or four years. This machine will be paid back in another five or six years. So they are interim steps along the road for our power options. Natural gas in, in New England is the primary source of electricity, um, and that that just happens to be a fact. Natural gas is our primary heating fuel. So we're certainly sensitive to the call to divest of those technologies, and when a new technology is available that will help us do that, we will certainly be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Now, we should note, right, fuel cells wouldn't, uh, bring us any closer to divesting of natural gas as would a recip engine, right? Yep, right. So it would be solar for you then. Yeah. Well, you know, it'd be PV um, for sure. A PV is important part of our engine portfolio moving forward. Uh, you know, in, in fact, uh, the ZREC program in Connecticut, as you know, uh, was just announced, and we're going to participate in that. Whether we hold those or sell those is yet to be determined. But um, yeah, certainly. But we still need to understand that we need electricity when the sun doesn't shine. Mm-hmm particularly in a situation where we might be separated from the grid. So as as those options, uh, you know, exist, we will certainly take advantage of them. Um, what about um, energy storage? Excellent question. You know, uh, not sure how to do that yet on that on the scale we're talking, safely and uh, reliably and effectively, but that is certainly something we would pursue in the future. Absolutely. It, you know, I've been reading about these Tesla batteries like everybody else. Um, you know, it's easy to come up with a couple hundred... I mean, a, a couple kW for a house, but but when you need to reliably store maybe three or four um, thousand kW, it becomes a little bit more expensive. And um, uh, you know, I'm not sure those technologies exist quite today. Right. 
um, it, so it's too expensive because you you know what's happening. I'm actually on the west uh, coast um, where it's really happening in California. Yeah, can you point me the, the way to those projects? I mean, I'd love to see a, a, a you know, a two or three thousand kW battery storage. Uh, I'd be very interested to see that. Um, and I don't know how I don't know exactly how big they are um, here in California. I mean, I can't tell you off uh, off the top of my head. I'm actually in Oregon, but it's uh, the market has really, um, you know, it's really flourished. Um, but California is a different animal than Connecticut in terms of the sunshine. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. We are abs- We're excited to to explore uh, options like that. There's no question. There's nothing that we won't uh, do to try to improve our our portfolio of energy options. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at www.microgridknowledge.com to get an early jump on prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's www.microgridknowledge.com.